This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good afternoon. This is Marshall Davis. I got an email a while ago from a listener who asked about integrating unitive awareness into everyday life. Let me read a part of what he wrote. He said, The act of remembering to let go and kind of live out of one's true self seems to be part of integrating unitive awareness into everyday life. But could you speak about your process of integration? Is it more or less a process of remembering to be more aware of when one experiences separation, suffering, in creating positive feedback loops for returning to a state of unitive awareness, or is it based on having faith? If so, is faith the deep knowing of this non-dual reality, like a pool that exists within us and we can always return to? I'd love to hear your thoughts. So, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. It's a topic that I do think about, but I do not write about or speak about very much because that's it's because it's not clear to me how this integration happens. At least it's not clear enough to put into words. It is happening. I can see it happening. I can see the difference between now and 10 years ago when unitive awareness was first seen in a direct way, but how it unfolds and how it is incorporated into life is hard to explain. Let me share a little bit about those first few months in the summer and the autumn of 2012 after this non-dual awareness happened. At first, I did not know what to think. Actually, I wasn't thinking about it at all. It had nothing to do with thinking. It was, and still is, simply being without having to think about it. That's what non-dual or unitive awareness is. Thinking, on the other hand, is a dualistic activity. Thinking has to do with distinguishing one thing from another thing, myself from others, one idea from other ideas. It's about naming and organizing and categorizing. Unitive awareness is none of these things. You might call it consciousness, simply. Simply consciousness. It is also a seeing through the illusion of being a separate self and abiding in awareness as all there is, as all in all. There's no way that this can be thought about because as soon as you think about it, that means you've already stepped back from it. For those first days and weeks, I did not think about it or speak about it 
because I wasn't thinking about it and I couldn't speak about it. As the Tao Te Ching says, those who know do not speak and those who speak do not know. That knowing without speaking was complete, just the way way it was, the way it is. I did not feel the need to speak about it. But after a while, I did begin to think about it and write about it and speak about it. And that was also complete in its own way. The thinking and the writing and the speaking came from the wholeness and was part of the wholeness, even though it could not adequately express the wholeness. I quickly found out, though, that speaking did not communicate this reality very well. For example, I preached some sermons about non-dual awareness in my church, which I later compiled into a book called Living Presence. And from this feedback I received from my congregation, I knew that I was not communicating the way I wanted to. Hardly anybody heard what I was trying to say. I think that is what Jesus had in mind when he added to so many of his teachings, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So after a few sermons of trying to communicate and failing to communicate, I settled for what I could communicate, which was more standard Christian fare with a little bit of this non-dual awareness thrown in. That would seem to be easier to hear, for people to hear, and that's fine. But I want to communicate to people more about this unitive awareness. So that's when I first, I wrote my first book, Experiencing God Directly, Way of Christian Non-Duality in 2013, then wrote other books. Then after retirement, I started my podcast and YouTube channels, which is where I am today. So that's how I integrated this non-dual awareness into my ministry. But I still have not yet talked about how to integrate this into everyday life. So let me talk about that a little bit. These last 10 years have been a time of integration, you could say. The best metaphor that comes to mind is the image of a flower unfolding. And when the bud, that closed tight bud, first begins to open, that moment is a sudden difference. The light of God begins to shine, it seems, into the deepest recesses of one's being. One opens up to everything and one sees clearly that there is no separation between what one is and what one thought was out there or down here and up there. No separation, therefore, between oneself and God, if you want to use those terms, or oneself and everything else. Then, after that initial opening, there is a process of adjusting to that. Adjusting one's eyes to the light, you could say. Like eyes adjusting to brightness when you step outside from a, from a dark room. And in this process, one's brain tries 
to make sense of what's happening. It tries to make sense of this new reality. It tries to understand because that's what the brain does. It tries to understand, though, what cannot be understood. And it's important to realize that no matter how much thinking goes on, you never really understand it any better. All you do is find some ideas and some words and some metaphors that seem to approximate this better than others and point people to this better than others. So integration, if you want to call it that, is not so much an understanding better with the mind. It's never understood. It's not even spiritual growth or spiritual maturity, the way those terms are so often used. Ultimate reality does not grow. It does not change. It's always here, now, in all its fullness. It is just as present whether one knows it or not, or whether one is aware of it or not, aware as it or not. It is not a matter of the human self somehow assimilating, or to use that word again, integrating the divine self into itself. It, that cannot be done. It is more like transferring one's sense of identity from that self, that little self, to this big, holistic reality. So it feels like a shift in perspective or a shift in focus, like shifting one's focus when you're looking at something from the, from the background to the to the foreground, or something, or the other way around, from the foreground to the to the background, it feels a bit like changing seats, you could say, in a car from the driver's seat to the passenger seat. But instead of switching seats, the the human self realizes that it was never in the driver's seat to start with. It just thought it was running its life, this life, but it's not. It never was. It has noticed it's always just been along for the ride, and it just rests into this. With that shift, the drama of life drops away. So one might say it is a matter of having faith in the driver, with a capital D, which is not you. You might say that that's the role of faith. At the same time, one realizes there's not any self Anyway, so there's no one to have faith in someone else. There's only the driver, capital D again, God. It's simply being mindful as in living out of one's true self, the deeper self, which is the, the one and only self of the universe, which we call God. This recognition, and that word recognition by the way, literally means re-knowing, is both instantaneous and at the same time, it is a process. It takes no time at all to see this and recognize this, but then it seems to unfold in all its richness over time. 
Now, how does this unfolding happen? I don't know. Jesus compared it to a field that is sown with seed and grows, even though the farmer does not know how it happens. That's how he describes the kingdom of God, which is what this is. My mind doesn't know how this happens, but it happens. And there's nothing I, as a self, does to facilitate it or to make it happen or encourage it to happen or create the conditions so that it will happen or to let it happen or anything like that. People sometimes ask if I have a practice of prayer or meditation that has helped. I respond that I do have such a practice, but it's not a fixed discipline anymore. It comes and goes as needed. And doing it seems to help sometimes, but not doing it also seems to help. And my spiritual practice has changed over the last 10 years. Now my meditation is very seldom getting off by myself into into a room and sitting down on a cushion and cross-legged and meditating, even though I still do that. Now meditation is more of a continual process that's always going on. It is incorporated into everyday life. It happens throughout the day, no matter what I'm doing. As Brother Lawrence said, that he's just as much in the presence of God washing dishes in the kitchen of the monastery as he is on his knees in prayer, taking the Eucharist. God is just as present when I'm walking outside as when I'm praying in my room. God is just as much present when I'm doing chores or when I'm sitting on my porch or when I'm doing anything, talking to somebody. Thich Nhat Hanh says, peace is every step you take. All life is peace. All life is meditation. So meditation is not something you do. It is something that you are, that life is. For example, my meditation practice, if you want to call it that, now involves noticing that I am the consciousness that I see in every other creature that I happen to come across. That's true when I come across people or animals or insects. You know, I'm in Florida right now and I walk the beach and I look into the eyes of an egret there and I recognize myself. I think everybody recognizes this. If you have a pet, just look into the eyes of your pet and you know, you recognize that consciousness that is there. You recognize yourself. I recognize that I am the consciousness that is in all things. From the lizard on the sidewalk when I'm walking back to this apartment here. To the insects on the trees or and the plants. You know, I am, we are the life in all lives. We are being, I am being behind all existence and abiding in that intuitive knowledge or awareness is meditation. Same sort of thing is true of prayer. I do not 
pray in the traditional way with words very much anymore, although I still do that also. Now it's more often simply silently directing my thoughts and my emotions and my intentions and my will, if you want to call it that, to God. And it feels the same as the trees that are directing their attention upward, growing up toward the light. So are, are my intentions and my emotions directed toward God. These are prayers without the need for words. And I find it to be so much more natural and direct and efficient and knowing that there is hearing and understanding going on without having to wonder if the words are, are correct. Paul talks about the Spirit praying in us, through us, with groans too deep for words. Paul, The Apostle Paul also talks about praying without ceasing. I think this is what he's talking about. All the while... Integration is just happening in life without trying to make it happen. So the email asked if this was the process of remembering. Well, yes, it feels like recognizing what I already know and have always known to be true but didn't consciously realize it. So it is kind of recovering deep memory, if you will. The practice of mindfulness also seems helpful. But mindfulness now seems more to be a fruit, a characteristic of this awareness, rather than causing it or facilitating it. This is living out of the mind of Christ rather than the human brain. It is divine consciousness rather than human consciousness. So where does faith fit in? Christians talk a lot about faith, but what Christians normally mean by faith is a dualistic activity, and very different than unitive awareness. Christians tend to use the word faith to refer to something an individual person exercises toward a separate God. So it is by definition dualistic. Faith can be seen as trusting the divine self and letting go of the human self so there is no human self and seeing that there's no one to do the letting go of in the first place. There's only God and trusting that unity of reality is faith. I see faith as walking in this non-dual awareness, which is what I really am. One might call it a moment-to-moment choice, not to retreat back into dualistic living, but it doesn't feel like a choice, really. It feels more natural than that. There's not a choice being made. The choice just happens. So you could call it grace. It seems to be a, a choice to live in the Spirit and trust the Spirit, but it's not a choice that the self makes because there is no self. So it is a paradox. 
All of this is a natural process. Unitive awareness is our natural state. So it doesn't have to be facilitated at all. It is as natural to living things as growing is, as natural as flying is to birds or swimming is to fish. No need to plan out how to integrate this or to be anxious about the integration not happening as we think it should. All we do is just let it be. It's happening as it must. It can happen no other way. This is how how integration happens all by itself, or, as Christians say, by the grace of God. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. Thank you.